Blog Talk Radio. And today we're going to talk about the quality of Christ. The quality of Christ. And we're going to be in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Because, you know, listening to today's leaders and the way people are being taught in church, we really don't understand of the quality of what Christ did and who Christ really came to save. So, so we, we're looking at people who, who come into, uh, I guess they think, a knowledge of Christ, or, 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 or they come into an understanding of who Christ is, and what's happening in the way that the church leader are teaching the sheep is that, you know, don't hang around negative people. If people ain't going your way, cut them off. Uh, 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 if, if people ain't doing this for you, cut it out. But we're going to go on into Romans, and we're going to see that that is not who Christ died for. So how can we say we're showing the love of Christ, uh, uh, we're operating in Christ, and the people that need Christ, we're separating ourselves from it because we say we got Christ. Verse 1 says, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So you have to understand that when you have a relationship with Christ, you find peace in God. Because namely, most of the things that we do when we do fall short, we are not, uh, uh, we're not violating Christ, we're violating God. But God sent Christ as a symbol to, to clearly clean up the mess uh, that we may make of ourselves, of our lives from time to time. And then when we meet Christ through faith, we have peace with God, which means God is not going to judge us as severely as he would because of Christ Jesus who, who, who introduced grace and mercy to save us. So what does justified mean? Justified means to show, to be just or right. It also means to defend or uphold as warranted or well-grounded. It also says to make a desired length by spacing the words and letters. Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a topic all in itself. So, so watch this. What, what, we, what we're seeing from these first, uh, 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 oh, I missed one. It also means to declare innocence or guiltless. So what we see is that even though we may fall short, we may be seeing, we get our shortcomings, 
that mercy and grace is the desired length between us being punished by what we're doing and God showing us grace and mercy to come out of what we are doing. It also means to show a satisfactory reason or excuse for something done. So watch this. When you do fall short, when you do understand you got shortcomings, when you do slip up and get you a little bit, when you do smoke that blood, he's saying there is a satisfactory reason or excuse for why we're doing what we're doing. Why? Because we don't know who we are in Christ yet, knowing the fullness of why Christ came. So when you still out there whoring, when you still out there game banging, when you still stealing, when you still bitter, when you still emotional, when you still temperamental, when you still selfish, it's because you haven't come into a place where you understand who you are in Christ. So as as a result, you don't really have that peace with God, but you and God okay. Verse two said, "By whom also we have access." by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory. We we sit and pray that even though we going through, even though we fall short, even though we don't we don't we don't thread the needle in our life as believers, we understand that's a hope coming one day that God is going to take it away. So so even when I was in church I used to get mad with when I see something I'm struggling with and people get a testimony, uh, and people do lie about their testimonies, so I had to come to a uh, knowledge of that, that, that they be had they tell their testimony like, God, you deliver me from something. And you sit there, well, why, God, you deliver me from that? Because if you take me that, take that away from me, I, I, I'll be tough. But he still allows us to go through these trials and tribulations for a reason. I come to the conclusion, and, and all the theologians and all you political correct people, you ain't got to understand it, but those who understand me and, and, and follow me for a while, just listen to what I'm saying. I have come to the conclusion the reason some of us are still dealing with things we're dealing with because we have to meet people that are in the same thing that we are along the way. If God wants to deliver me from harm way back then, I want to miss some of the hoods and change their life by speaking Christ. What you mean? Even though I understood what I was doing, when they asked me about Christ, I was peaceful enough to tell them what they wanted to know, but but understanding, well, look at what we just did. See, you got to learn that just because what you in is considered sin, it's, it's not sin until God tells you it's sin. So just because a person preaching to you is sin, you got to have a relationship with Christ and let you know that it's anything other than that. You're just doing what you do, which means you're going to come to a, a point in your life to accept Jesus as your as your Savior, or however y'all want to put it, for the politically correct people listening. It means that, that, that you're in what you're in because there's certain people that you got to meet that, that may want to know Christ. You, you're still drinking, but then you meet somebody who's drinking, and they want to turn their life around. You you still around here with sleeping with 10 to 20 women, but out of them 10 to 20 women, it may be somebody to want to slept, uh, change their life around. Everything you in, watch this, 
everything you're in doesn't mean that God is judge you in it. It's seeing who can you bring out of it with you. See, 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 if we can't bring nobody out of bunch, we in bunch. Verse 3 says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation work in patience. What a tribulation. Tribulation is the army of the Christ. And, and, and knowing that we have a relationship with Christ, he may not bring us out of it like I was stating earlier, right there and there. We got to sit in it for a while because he wants us to know when we bring, when I bring you out of this and you look back on what you've been in, then you'll know who I am in your life. That's when that grace and mercy activated it, that now you're praying to stop doing this. But, but every now and then you get a little more, so you want a little you want to go get you a little piece of that pepper. Every night and then you get a little woody. You want to get a, go get a little piece of that moss that's more for JJ. Every night and then you sit there. You want to roll you up one of those whole, whole Hawaiian blunts and dip them in that in that cough syrup and let it let it smoke slow. I hang around. I know what y'all be doing. Don't fool me. But watch this. That don't mean you're going to hell. Everybody got something. But it's understanding that the something you got, even though it's something, you are called to deliver others out of that something. But yet, if you don't understand or get the revelation of why God bring you out, you just indeed something that amounted to nothing. Verse 4 says, and patient experience and experience hope. Verse 5 says, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And see, that's where I get most people at. Because, see, if I fall short, if I do something, if I happen to uh, uh, have a shortcoming, I'm not ashamed when I go through because I've been through enough to know that God is going to bring me out of it. So if you hear a revelation about what I've done, it's because the love of God that hey, I still deal with this, but God's still using me. See, see, see we got these people leaders around here sleeping with the sheep, and when they get caught, they don't want to say nothing because they really are ashamed. I ain't ashamed of nothing I do because I come to the conclusion, even Paul talked in the book of Corinthians, I believe, he said the things that happen to me are the, uh, for a furtherance of the gospel. What does that mean? How am I sitting around right here walking upright and tall, and, and you keep hearing the same revelation from me? I it's going to be something I do that, that now when I come out of it, I experience patience, I experience experience, and I got hope because I might be ashamed at first, but when he brings me out of it, that hoop making me not ashamed because the love of God brought me out of that situation. So now I'm going to so, so, so if you're ashamed of what you in, you in see. Why? Because you having really gave your life to Christ. Because when you gave your life to Christ and understand you're going to be persecuted, you're going to be lied on, you're going to be talked about, you're going to be backbitten, that 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 that, that, that hope that makes you not ashamed, okay, in this season in my life. Verse 6 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. And God these church folks around here talking about if they ain't going your way, cut them all. Uh, uh, if they still doing this, cut them all. 
but 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 Bible is telling us that God died for the strength but God is not the righteous. So how can these people, these leaders, these churches, these ministries saying they're showing the love of Christ when they're turning the ungodly away because they don't want to hang around on negative people? I don't want negative people around me. That that's spoiling my energy. You gonna be persecuted, fools? What do you think ungodly is? Ungodly is not good. So how can so so now if a person shows you who they is, believe them and leave them alone. That's ungodly. Christ died from the ungodly, not the perfect. But now they say they got a little Christ in them. They got four or five hundred members. That the tide is coming in through, so everybody who don't look and dress like them, who don't have a language like them, oh, we don't want to be around them. That is not Christ. I'm going to say this. How can we say Christ died for the ungodly, but yet and still we hate homosexual? Ain't that ungodly? So how can we really kick them out of these churches, out of these ministries, and not allow them to participate in ministry because they're an abomination. Christ died for the ungodly. Isn't that ungodly? But because we don't understand the nature of who Christ is and the quality of life he was bringing to us, we cut them out. Then we write, then we'll walk around here, I die for my buddy in Christ. I, I die for my belief in Christ. Christ died for the ungodly. Anybody died for a belief? Watch this. go in the verse 7 here. For scandal for a righteous man will one die. Yet prayer of venture for a good man, some will even dare to die. So, so, so what Christ saying, it's easy to die for a righteous man if you want to die for him. But, but, but when you die for the ungodly, then you're doing something. So, he, so the quality of what Christ did and the importance of what he done is in verse 7 because we want, we want to serve the Christians but kick out the unchristlike, the ungodly. But verse 8 says, but God committed his love toward us and that while we were yet sinner, Christ died for us. So how can you get in these pulpits? How can you get in these churches? How can you be a part of these ministries and say you serve in Christ but you don't want negative people around. That's why church ain't got no power, because their power can't be tested, because when it needs to be tested, they don't want to be around the people to test it on. So so now they come up with the cliche. Girl, go where you celebrate it and not just tolerate it. Everybody going to accept you when you like they are, but can't nobody accept you when you ain't like them. That's why people don't like me, because I don't fool with these religious politics. If you catch me wrong one day, I ain't saying I'm perfect because if you catch me wrong one day and I don't feel like being bothered and you keep on, I'm going to say some choice words and I might put these knuckles on you. Because that's what I am. I'm still like God when a church met me like God. But Christ still died for me. While we were yet sinners. So how can you come out of alcoholism, come out of whoring, and say you don't want to talk to the whores. Huh? How can you say you want to cut somebody off and, and you was almost going to commit suicide? You was sitting there doing $3,000 worth of coke a day, smoking all them blood, 
sleeping with every man on the block. Now all of a sudden you got a, a so-called little Christ, and, and now you talk you don't need to be around on that negative energy. What in the world are y'all teaching these people? Verse 9 says, much more than being now justified by his blood, we should be saved from wrath through him. Which means you we making sure the church folks say, and we leave the ungodly out there to fend for themselves. That's not Christ. That's not Christ-like. How can you be a part of ministry that the only life of Christ you see is hanging around other Christian or Christ-like people? That's not the love of Christ. That is a form of godliness with no power. See, see, you just can't walk up to a, a, a homeless person on the street knowing, knowing they stinking, nasty, and dirty. You just can't sit there and have a conversation with them. You, you just can't sit there, ride past a little hole on the street with a short skirt on with no panties and a stiletto working the block. You just can't go up there and sit there and say, hey, here go $100. I don't even want to hit it. You can't do that. Because to you, those are the people you should be saving, but because they don't come in your building, they're worthless. They only worth something if they come in your building, and even then you want to see how much money they got how they dress it, and how you can use them to give them some support them. First thing is that when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the devil, his son. Much more being reconciled shall we be saved by the devil. We were the enemies of God. And he still sent his son to die for the Jews. Y'all around here claiming, claiming you Christ-like, and sitting around him, riding past people, you looking down on people, talking about people, and you say you got the love of God? Enemy. Verse 11 says, not only so, but we also join God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom, by whom we now have received the atonement. A lot of people ain't, a lot of people say but they're not delivered, which which means they come to church out of routine. They they play dress up when they go to church out of routine. But then when they leave out their routine, they're the same way. You you go to church, you go to work, you go home, you go hoard. You go to church, you go to work, you go home. You go to church, you go to the Bible study, you go to work, you go to horn, you go home. See, y'all got a cycle. But then you you saying you you living your life for Christ, and ain't nothing about your life changing. You just hiding what you doing. First mm-hmm. twelve said, "Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all that for that all have sinned." So when Adam so 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 when Adam said, "We wouldn't meet to die, people." But because of what Adam and Eve did, all of us died. So so then he had to send his son to redeem us from death so we can live unto him again. Verse 13 says, For until the law of sin was in the world, 
But see, it's not imputed where there is no law. What that mean? When you that means when you don't have a knowledge of what you're doing, what you're doing, see, cannot be imputed to you. That's why I was trying to explain a couple of verses. Oh, you got to know why you're doing what you're doing before God imputed to you as sin. But sin is not imputed where there is no law. We don't understand why you're doing it. So a lot of people sitting there praying for a breakthrough, and you don't understand why you do it. See, when God gives you a revelation why you eat and what you eat, then it's considered sin, and he put the law on it. Then you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because now you understand what you're doing is wrong. I hope y'all caught that, not just rewind when it finished. Verse 14 said, Never let death from honor to Moses. Even over them that had not seen her the similitude of Adam's transgression, who was the figure of him that was to come. Verse 15 said, But not at the offense, so also at the free gift, for if through the offense, or one minute be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. We must show the ungodly Christ. When you're able to ride up and see a person, you don't have a place to stay. Can you go get in the hotel room for a night or two? See, that's the love of Christ. It's, it's, it's more than having a sack lunch and a toothbrush. It's more than meeting in the, in the, out, out, out in the uh, uh, park. Once, once a week and handing out handing out tools and supplies, it, 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 it goes. The love of Christ go beyond that. People don't know how many people that I ran into that homeless didn't know nothing about them, put them in my house, fed them, and let them stay. You know why? Because when God allowed me to experience homelessness. When God allowed me to move into states and didn't know nobody, people took me by who I was in their house, fed, clothed, and gave me stuff. They showed me the love for Christ. So as a result, when the Spirit said, do it, I have to do it because all they knew was the Spirit of who I was. They didn't know nothing about me. See, that's how I can tell when many people saying they doing this and that for the homeless. I can tell if you really understand the homeless. But you ain't going to really understand the homeless unless you've been homeless. A lot of homeless people want to be homeless. Why? Because they don't want responsibility. But most people don't know that. So all you do is, 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 is crippling and handicapping some homeless people. That's why you just don't feed homeless people. That's why he said a homeless going to be with us always because you got to see, use the spirit and servant to understand which homeless people you're supposed to cater to. Some homeless people want to be homeless. Some don't. But we, we put them in a group. But y'all wouldn't know that unless you've been through it. See, but not at the offense, so also at the free grip. For it's through the office of one men and be dead, which more the grip and the, and the gift by grace was by one man. Your one gift or one act of kindness can change a whole generation. But the only gift and act of kindness we do is in the church. 
Then we think we're doing about something, we go out in the community and offer free stuff. But watch this. Most of the free stuff is cheap stuff, which actually kills us because it ain't even name brand. Don't treat the homeless like they're second class. If you're going to buy them something, buy them what you would buy yourself. That's when you show the love of Christ or buy them something that you wouldn't buy yourself. People don't want your hand-me-downs. Even when I was a child, I didn't want no hand-me-downs, but we got what we got. Quality. Christ gave a quality life so we could preach a quality gospel so we can free quality people. Are you showing the life of Christ or the life of church? All right. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Hope you understood what I was the message I was trying to bring. Uh, we having a wonderful conference November 14th in Atlanta, Georgia, called the This Means War Apostolic Prophetic Conference. Uh, go to heteachesmyhands.com. To, to uh, read up on what it's about, but I ain't got enough time to do it right now. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, uh, apostoliceempowermentnetwork.com, uh, see videos and our, our, our radio broadcasts on, from there. Then we got the Apostolic Empowerment Network 3D Car Stores where you can buy all our products. Uh, I've released two or three new books. We got the Wounded Man Devotional. We got the uh, 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 Restoring Apostolic Authority. Uh, we coming out with the Wounded Woman, Her Identity is Tragedy. Uh, probably sometime this week or by the middle of next week that should be available. So check us out and hope you have a blessed day. Oh, I... I feel a special anointing in this place. The glory fills this place. Could you just, for just a moment, with the fruit of your lips, just begin to thank God? Come on, in your own words, if he's, if he's been good to you. If it wasn't for his grace, you you wouldn't even be here tonight, but he's he's been good to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I dare you to just give him the praise. Lord. Whatever you're doing in this season, please don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. You got to tell it for yourself. Oh.